Welcome back to another episode of the CrossFit Bath podcast. And this week we have a special guest joining us, Mike Catris, who you may know from the athlete program. Uh, so you've probably seen him pop up all over Al's uh, Instagram feed as well. Uh, you might know him from his podcast, Kratos Chat. You might know him from his YouTube channel now. So yep. this guy is a, a jack of all trades. Master of none. Master of none. I didn't say it. You said it, not me. Mike, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, as an experienced athlete and an experienced podcaster, you know how important it is that we warm up before mm -hmm. any activity. Podcasting, exactly the same. So before we, we get into our chat today, a few warm-up questions for you. Cool. Uh, there are a couple of staples I have to use, and then I've got a few special ones thrown in as well. First question, peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? smooth now that, that's two weeks in a row that we've had smooth right. after maybe 17 weeks in a row of crunchy so um and, and you know this is a like i said mike this is a big name to drop smooth uh yeah i'll, I'll be honest with you i c can't wait to see what the fallout from, from from your decision is that like my pineapple on pizza question it's very much that yeah, yeah. so here's a, a specific team-based question for you mm -hmm. then what is your most hated movement to do in CrossFit as part of a team? Oof. We did a load of synchro pistols in China. And um, I don't mind pistols. I don't like pistols as a movement anyway. They hurt my knees and my ankles and I'm fat. So it's all of that stuff. But uh, as a synchro pistol, it's just like really awkward because everybody's got their own speeds and you just got to wait down the bottom or wait at the top. And it just doesn't, it just didn't do it for me. So yeah, I didn't, li I didn't like a synchro pistol. And we had to do one of the one was in filthy 150. We had to do these uh, funky ring muscle up type things where both of you do a ring muscle up and then one of you had to stay at the top of a lockout of a dip while the other one then did a muscle up and then you swapped. And um, I found those so much harder than I thought I was going to just holding. I'm quite good at like, you know, upper body stabilization stuff. I thought I was, but holding the top of those uh, ring dips for as long as I was just took it out of me. So I didn't like that either. They're great answers because that's... I kind of feel like when you talk of team movements, people are immediately like, oh, yeah, the worm and doing like a lunge with the worm. But I, f I think because you're holding an implement that you don't normally use, you're kind of in that mindset of, oh, this is a bit different. Mm -hmm. But when it's something like a pistol that you, you know, you know how to do, you've got your method to do them, then doing it synchro with, you know, another person or another three people is what really throws you off. Yeah, if you've got your own rhythm with a movement that you've done hundreds and thousands of reps of, and then suddenly you need to really interrupt that rhythm, that's the that's the difference. Whereas with the worm, we've practiced with the worm and we developed our own rhythm as a four. So like that's the way we do it, sort of thing. So it, that, we quite like the worm. I think I don't think we've ever finished outside the top three in a sanctional with a worm workout. So um, that's quite a quite a boast to have, isn't it? Yeah. Now, t now, talking of teams, I have a question about your team. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you where this question came from, but Alec did coach last night. So on your, on your team, between the, the two men and the two women, who has the smallest hands? <laughs> He'll say it's me. Um, and it's probably not far off. It's probably a close call between me and Maddie. I'll tell you who's got the biggest hands. It's Charlotte. Like a bunch of bananas. Asked and answered. There we go. I'll just tick that <laughs> off. Um, and with regards to your team, where, well, if the world ever goes back to some semblance of normal, uh, mm -hmm. you obviously you compete in China, in uh, Norway, in, in Ireland, you've just mentioned Filthy 150. Is there a, a location that you would just love to go to and, and also 
while you're there do an event? I'd love to do Miami. I'd love to do Wadapalooza. Um, that's on my on my bucket list. And I would have really liked to have done Dubai, but I've got a feeling they're not doing team anymore, or so unless they change that back, you know, things might change. But I just think they're two events that are really, really well run events in cool locations as well. Um, so you're ticking both the boxes. But to be honest, like Norway last year was one of the coolest events in, in terms of an experience and in terms of g- going outside of anywhere that I would have normally gone. Um, that was that was a really cool event. So I'm open to doing anything, to be honest. And, um, and just to, for us, it depends on we've got four people that have all got full time jobs and and lives outside of CrossFit. We're not full time athletes. So we need to just sort of see the logistics and where we can get to and what when we're free more than anything good answers i like, I like that yeah i think Wadapalooza would just be it's the whole experience that you know yeah, it's the, like a the festival, location yeah. the competition but then everything else that's going on going on around it makes it worth the trip basically doesn't it mm-hmm. final question and this one i i ask every time uh, we have a, a new person on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, so when they're finally making the movie of your life who are you picking to play you now, to help you out a little bit, I'll tell you, we've had very varied answers to the point that Alec picked Greg Wallace to play him. So Amazing. I get one of my athletes, I just got to go on my phone now to see what his name is. Uh, not the athlete, I know the athlete's name. No, the, the guy that he keeps comparing me to. He always compares me. There's a, there's a uh, guy called Billy Butcher. That's the, the, the character name. He's like a vigilante. Oh, from The Boys, a, a program called The Boys. And um, apparently I look like him. And whenever I give him horrible workouts, he uh, he turns around and he like makes memes about how can you see him? That's um, Carl Urban. There we go. You know him. I don't know him. That's, so he, that, was so... In, uh, he was in like all the rebooted Star Trek movies. He was in that Dread movie. Um, he's been loads of stuff. He's a good actor as well. So that's, actually, we that's we'll, a, we'll get him. We'll get him. That's in. a great shout. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I look forward to the section that's like a team competition. And you've got Carl Urban and Greg Wallace. Greg Wallace doing worm <laughs> Doing <spots>. synchro, <laughs> synchro pistols. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I- I'm feeling nice and warm. I hope you are. Mm-hmm. So now we can, now let's, let's talk about some serious issues now. Oh, God. <laughs> Gloves are off. Before, before we get into kind of what we're discussing today that you don't actually know about, I'm going to, I'm going to surprise you with it. Cool. But I think what would help would anyway, just to be not, just to know a little bit about your background. I know obviously you were, you were involved in rugby before CrossFit and then yeah. you've transitioned over to CrossFit, uh, you know, when you stopped doing rugby. So how kind of did that all work and, and what was the reasons behind that? Yeah. So basically I, I played rugby from when you're in Wales, you're born with a rugby ball in your hands. If you, if you show any sort of athletic ability or not in my case. Um, and from about five years old up until I was 24 and I was lucky enough to play for my country and everything all the way through and counties and all that sort of stuff. And then when I was 19, I signed my first contract and played sort of semi-professional. It was called professional, but it was never enough money to really be professional. So I say I was a professional rugby player, but it wasn't enough to make a living off. And yeah, when I was 24, I had a a real bad clash of heads. Um, I'd had a couple of concussions that season. And it wasn't really a thing back then. The concussion was just a, you know, how many fingers am I holding up? What's the score? Now you're fine. Carry on. So, and I had a couple of bad ones. Um, I played hooker. So I was throwing my head in the wrong places quite regularly. And um, yeah, I had a real bad clash of heads and uh, I fractured my eye socket in two places. Um, and I think that was my third or fourth concussion that season. And they, uh, 
they basically told me that I had to I had to pack it in. And at the time, I was training in Dragon CrossFit, but not doing CrossFit. I was just training there, so I knew what CrossFit was. I was around CrossFit, but I was never actually doing CrossFit. And um, one of the stipulations from with my eye socket was that I wasn't allowed to lift anything heavy because the pressure build up behind my head was all my sinuses and uh, stuff like that were all out of whack for for 12 weeks. So um, I thought, well, all I used to do was lift heavy. I I was like 110 kilos. I had no neck. I was like this big, big ball of, you know, mass. Um, So I was like, well, those little guys over there, they're all doing bits of weightlifting, but that's not heavy. I'll be able to do that. So I just jumped in and started doing CrossFit and got my ass handed to me completely. And I was like, no, this is cool. Let's let's learn a bit about this and never really look back. So that was, I think, 2000, end of 2011, start of 2012. So eight, nine years ago. Oh, nice. I think it's interesting. And, and if I forget, remind me to circle back to this kind of your attitude towards doing a workout and just getting absolutely destroyed by it and sort of these people that you looked at thinking yeah oh this will be easy yeah yeah because that's i I feel like it's going to tie into something i'm going to mention later so um, Mm -hmm. i hope i don't forget if i forget sorry everybody (laughs) it's quite a common theme though i think like most people like it's a real common question what was your first crossfit workout because most people remember that experience thinking on paper this doesn't look so bad right yeah, but I, I think it's a little bit due to maybe the competitive nature that you would have had anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that. I think you get people that will go because you'll have people as well that will do a, a, their first CrossFit workout. It, it kills them. And they're like, well, I'm never doing that again. That's not what I'm looking for. And, and off they go to Zumba. You know, like yeah. there's that kind of it depends a little bit on your mentality and your and your approach. And, and mm-hmm. I think your background in competitive sport uh, and now, you know, you're you're doing CrossFit now, but you're not you know, you and I are on two very different spectrums of what we view CrossFit as almost because you are there competing at an incredibly high level. I mean, when we, we talk about the, the team, uh, the athlete program, you know, you were invited to Cookville that was for all intensive purposes, the CrossFit games for the teams this year. Mm-hmm. Like that was the, it was basically those that would have gone to the games that was cancelled. This is what you can do instead. So if you're yeah. at that level, this isn't your local throwdown. You know, we're, we're talking of a, a high level of competition. And I'm very much a, well, it'd be quite nice if I could still run around with my kids a little bit later. So I'm, I'm going to try and do, you know, and not push too hard, but push hard enough to get the stimulus, but not so hard that I can't walk the next day. So there's, there's these two spectrums. And that's very much kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. Because mm-hmm. on your recent podcast, Obviously, when this goes out, it might not have been the last episode, but a very recent one. There was this discussion about, uh, I think you were kind of laughing at the idea that, you know, you could, people were winning the CrossFit Games, having just followed the website and just doing the daily workout. And that was enough, you know, in 2007, 2009 to get you to the, to the podium. Mm-hmm. And now, like, that's laughable. The idea that someone is just following their daily wad. And yeah. then going to the games is it's kind of unheard of right now. And I think that's interesting that there's these two approaches to training. So I think with with your personal training and then also the coaching that you do, mm-hmm. it's very targeted to athletes, hence the name, and and that kind of goal of competing at a, you know, a moderate to very high level of, of competition. Mm-hmm. So 
<laughs> where do we go from here? So this is the, the the thing that I find interesting is that there is an idea that we're all athletes. Like this, this was the the kind of the crux of the conversation that you had the other week that was sort of this concept that we're all athletes and we're all doing the same thing. But there's this whole discussion as to the why we train. Yeah. And if I was to ask you, you know, Mike, why do you train? What's your, what's the purpose for your training? How would you answer? That's changed over time for me. Um, when I when I first started CrossFit, it was I wanted to train to be the best competitor I could be and potentially get to the CrossFit Games as an individual. Certainly, getting to regionals and and all of that sort of thing was was my goal and and everything sort of aligned to that. Everything I did was was driven to that. So. You know, I trained twice a day. I ate for performance. I made sure I was sleeping. I made sure I was doing all these other things driven c- completely towards to that goal. And yeah, like you said, the, the conversation that I had with, with James Fitzgerald on our more, most recent podcast was all about that. And what he calls it is it, it all comes down to two things, the same sort of thing, which is intention or, or alignment. And what your intention is, like you said, is it, why you train is, is, if, if you're not aligned, if your why you train doesn't align with your lifestyle, that's when you're going to get burnt out and everything else. So for me, why I train now is is to enjoy competition. So I, I'm, I know I'm going to keep competing because that's just built in me. I, I love I do like competing, but I also know that I enjoy competitions when I do well. And that doesn't necessarily mean now winning. For me, it's going and being able to compete at that high level not and not feel like especially in a team not feel like I'm letting the others down or taking away from their experience in that team I want to go and add to that experience by contributing through what I can so that might not necessarily be the the physical side of things as well I captain the team I do the tactics I come up with the strategies and all that sort of thing I spend a lot of time watching CrossFit to learn the best ways to pick up a worm, the best ways to communicate during a, a workout and all those other things. But yeah, I, the, the, what, the reason I train now, what keeps me training now is twofold is one is a mental health thing. I feel like if I train every day, if I do something active, I just feel so much better. My mind's an awful lot clearer and I feel like I can be more productive throughout the day. You know, people always tell me that they can tell if I haven't trained. Um, just I'm I'm just on that on edge a little bit, and then the second is yeah to to be able to enjoy the experience of competing as much as possible. It's really interesting because you, and this is why I'm really happy to have this discussion because it seems on the surface that they are it's it's like the whole health versus sport kind of thing, and I'm very much like I kind of liked it when there was a more middle ground and it was the sport was just the kind of the highest application of the health methodology right and and that mm-hmm. goes back to you could just be doing the daily wad and you do really well at the games because it was just like you're doing this for health and then let's see how good you are when you when you push it and obviously once those doors got knocked down that all went out the window but i think it's a similar thing here that we 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 almost make this black and white distinction between oh you're training to compete or you're training just to be healthy and there's no overlap but you're, you're mentioning things like, you know, mental health and, mm-hmm. you know, someone can tell when you haven't trained. Like that's a, a great example. So when we had our second child, I was really on the fence as to whether or not I could continue doing CrossFit because up until that point, we'd been doing it together. 
uh, and we kind of knew only one of us was going to get to do it, right? And mm-hmm. and you feel a bit guilty because we both enjoyed doing it, but only one of us can continue doing it. And I remember, you know, Rochelle saying to me, like, you need to go because when you don't go, like, you'll snap, you know, I'll, I'll snap more, like, if, you know, Harvey gets on my nerves and I'll be, I, I lose that patience that I maybe have sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Not a tremendous amount, perhaps, but you you do feel the difference when you train and when you don't, and I think that's across the board, whether or not you're you know you're training for health or just to look a little bit better, or whether mm-hmm. or not you're training for uh, you know high level competition. Uh, last week we were speaking with Jake, and it was a similar thing. He was saying kind of during lockdown, he'd found he was getting up later, starting work a bit later. And then once kind of the outside the box classes started up again and he was able to really get back into a, a routine and a schedule, he found that carryover in, in his daily life that he would get up a little bit earlier and he was starting work a bit earlier. And, and there was that kind of knock on effect. But, but it's also interesting because when I was listening to to your conversation that, we, that you just mentioned from the other week, again, we had like those that are competing to go to the games, those that are doing it for health and just to stay fit. And I was kind of thinking about that whole middle group because like in our box, there's quite a lot of, right, how do I say this <laughs> without offending anyone? There's a lot of teams and, you know, people that like to go to local competitions and local throwdowns. Weekend warriors, right? Yeah, who have no no intention of being at the games. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're incredibly fit compared to me, but I think if they hold themselves up compared to those that are going to the games, they go, well, yeah, I'm not nearly at that level but it's kind of like where do they fit into this this sort of ecosystem of oh no either you're a competitor or you're you know doing it for fitness and never shall the two meet yeah and i think that that's when it comes down to what we were talking about what i mentioned earlier briefly was was alignment and and james goes into this in better detail than than i could and we you know we're talking for about an hour and a half on that podcast all about this um, but I think the the alignment side of things is that you've got Tom, Dick and Harry that are members of, of the gym. Tom wants to go to the CrossFit Games. Dick is uh, a business owner that wants to be athletic and wants to do athletic things. He wants to be able to do ring muscle ups and he wants to be able to compete on the weekends and, and go to local throwdowns and have that buzz. And, and Harry is a, a middle-aged father of two who just wants to be able to play with his kids every day and wants to go to the gym every day because it makes him feel better he doesn't want to have to take rest days he doesn't want to wake up sore and he doesn't want to like you said before we we came on air he doesn't want to feel like he's completely battered all of those three people technically they are on a spectrum in terms of you know what we call competitive competitive athlete to let's call it a weekend warrior to health and vitality but it's and all three of those things are fine but it's how you align your life around those things so Tom, if he wants to get to the CrossFit Games, knows that he needs to train 15 to 20 hours a week, knows that he needs to spend at least 20 hours a week doing actively recovering things like foam rolling, massage, sauna, hot cold therapy, all these other things, needs to get eight hours sleep a day, every day, minimum, you know, and if you put all those things together, he hasn't got a lot of time to do other things. So if Tom hasn't got a wad of cash or supplemental income or sponsorship or something like that, then Tom needs to be able to fund that lifestyle and funding that lifestyle doesn't align with that lifestyle, right? If he's got to work 40 hours a week 
to be able to fund that lifestyle. Well, those 40 hours a week that he's working are taking away from his ultimate goal. And that's when Tom's going to get burnt out because actually all of the effort and all of the time and everything he's driving in towards being an athlete, some of it is being deviated away to allow him to drive stuff towards being an athlete. Dick in the middle, if he had the choice between his business going under or competing on the weekend, he's going to go and work on his business because that's his alignment, right? So he doesn't need to worry about necessarily if he's having a couple of bad days sleep, then okay, I need to focus on the business because I need to stay up late and I need to get up early for the next four or five days because we've got a big audit coming. Maybe I don't go to the gym. And that's cool. So he's in alignment there because that's the main focus. And the other, the training side of thing is a nice to have. So he's not overreaching so much in the gym and that's not where his life, work-life balance is. The problem you've got is if he, if he tries to train like Tom, um, when he's got all these other stresses, then he's definitely burning out, right? He's got all these other stresses and your body can't necessarily, your mind can't necessarily differentiate between stress from inside and stress from outside the gym. Yeah, there's different, different differentiation between the two on a molecular level, but stress is stress, you know? So stress from, you know, dog pissing on the floor to, you know, kid keeping you up all night to doing a, a thousand squats at 50 kilos that's all stress on your system and it's how you deal with that and then you've got harry in the corner who he doesn't need to overreach he doesn't really need to get a new one rep max back squat or if he does he can take 12 13 14 weeks to just slowly slowly build up and get his mechanics right and focus on all the really good stuff and add one kilo and then take another 12 13 14 weeks and add one kilo and get this really nice slow progression where he's getting a, a, a long peak and then maintaining that sort of fitness, that health. Whereas the athlete, you're looking for a real fast peak and a, and a short lifespan, um, which is, and I don't mean lifespan in terms of how long you're living. I mean, yeah. how long you can maintain that peak. Does that make sense? Yeah. Unless you drop a really heavy barbell on your head, but yeah, we've got, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we've got it. Well, I, I think that's, I kind of think that's the key, right? It's that because at, at the end of the day, like the workout itself might not change. Like the, what you're doing can be the same movements and the same, you know, kind of feel al almost the same program apart from, you know, perhaps that athlete that you mentioned who's having to incorporate a second training session into their day or, or a mm -hmm. third or whatever. Yeah. But I think that idea of, of the alignment and then that sort of self-reflection and going, okay, well, hold on. Why am I training? And then, and you know we don't want to always compare ourselves to others but it's maybe important to compare yourself to even that other guy who's on your team you know you're mm -hmm. you're on a team but i'm on a team because i'm i'm pretty fit and and yeah i've got my business and all of this but i i make time for crossfit and i can be on that team and that other guy who's on the team because this is almost his stepping stone to the next level and bigger things so we're in the same situation we're on the same team but we're there for two very different reasons Mm -hmm. And as you said, if I'm just being dragged along, let's tr work out together every time we work out together, then I'm going to find myself in that situation where he goes home and recovers and I go home and, and I'm sat at my computer for another five hours to you know, get the spreadsheets done. Yeah. I, uh, but I, I always remember a, a really interesting uh, well, experience that Shaq's related when we were talking about the programming for the, for the gyms, uh, which I'll probably butcher now, but he was saying that he had somebody who came in with like all these goals that was like, Oh, I want, you know, I want to hit this back squat and I want to get this many pull-ups and this many press up and they had all these goals. 
And when he sort of sat down with them and really talked it through to understand the why, mm-hmm. it was sort of that, that I think they, they said that like they were afraid to die. Like it was a kind of a a, a fear of, of mortality almost. And this was sort of a way to reach a level of, of, of health that, and, and at the end of the day, you know, there is that, that trade-off, right? So you might be able to max out your back squat and destroy your knees. And it's like, is it, what's your, is your goal to win a competition and your back squat matters in which case you decide if that trade-off is worth it or is it just because you want to be strong enough to you know lift your kids on your back and run around the park in which case it's good to improve your back squat but not at the expense of your knees kind of there's that and i guess it's important that each person really has to work out why they're training them yeah and and that's not not it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. I think goal setting has become a very popular thing because it works, right? You know, people like to set goals in terms of, and this is not just in training, this is in life in general. You know, I, I want to make this much money. I want to, you know, save up so I can go on this holiday. I want to, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, get this grade in school. Setting goals is is, is a, um, a very easy way of, of, of progressing because you've got a target and you're constantly reminded of that. The problem is, is that if you turn around and you go in, you're putting somebody in a fitness environment, like you said, that it's really easy to compare to other people. So I go into a CrossFit gym and I see somebody that looks like me and I'm see him doing something that I can't do automatically. I'm like, cool. I want to be able to do that. That's now my, that's now my goal. I don't see the fact that he's been training for however long he's been training for what he does outside of the gym and all the other factors that we just talked about. So we, I actually spoke about this with Al, we got that in our next episode on, on the podcast and it's, it's quite interesting about work-life balance and, and finding that balance. And I think like from a, from a health and a holistic, if you like point of view, rather than goal setting, I think a really cool tool that I would like to use is reverse engineering. And what that means for me is, what do I, how do I see my perfect day? What, what looks like a good day to me in terms of this is how much time I spend working in doing something I enjoy. This is how much time I spend training, doing something and doing training that I enjoy. Um, this is how much time I spend eating, sleeping, having sex, doing all these things like that. What, how, what's a, a good day for me? And then what does that look like compared to today? And how far away am I from that? And why? And it could be a case of you're stuck in your own little rut of training because you feel like you, cause you're in the habit of that and you're actually thrashing yourself and you're trying to get this new PB in something that actually that you don't, you don't really care about, right? Is that, you know, it's easy to be convinced that you care about your back squat. We, I've done it all the time, you know, in ION when we've been programming stuff and we do training cycles and then it comes to one rep max day and people have been coming for eight weeks and they've been squatting every Monday and it comes to one rep max day and people don't show up because they, they don't actually care or they're scared or whatever. Um, and you get the other people that come in and they're ringing the bell and they're giving the beans and all that. And you're actually thinking, well, why do you care about this? And it's cool that you're doing something you've never done before. That's an amazing achievement. And if you do care about that and you have set yourself that target, then that's an amazing. And that's why I think CrossFit's so popular is because it gives people a sense of achievement and it gives some people a chance to set these micro goals and, and beat goals. And until you, once you've left school, you don't really get grades. You don't get gold stars. You don't get these things um, unless you're in a high state, uh, like a sales job where you're getting commission and that side of things. So getting that sense of achievement and that reward is the addictive side of things. And people start craving that 
addictive, oh, I need the next PB, I need the next goal, I need the next target, and losing sight of why they first set foot in the gym, which was actually, I was a little bit overweight, I want to look better naked, I want to be able to do this, I want to be able to spend more time with my kids and not be tired, I want to go and play football with my cousin, whatever. And they suddenly start chasing this new shiny thing like a magpie and, and they lose sight of, like you said, why they train. So reverse engineering back from that and actually looking at their day and their, their balance and thinking, I'm actually spending 10 hours a week in the gym here. I could get what I need from the gym in five hours. And that's another five hours that I could spend making money, spend with my wife, spend with my kids, spend going for a walk or drawing or making music or any of these other things that actually give me a sense of fulfillment it's interesting i think it links to the whole you know when it when it came to crossfit being that thing to to sort of supplement what you were doing outside of the gym and then it became the reason you were in the gym in the first place was for crossfit so it's sort of instead of oh i'll do this so i'm a bit fitter so i can go for a hike and i can go for a run i can spend some time doing this it's going well i've got to do this to get better at doing this and there just Mm -hmm. became that and I think that thing of chasing PBs is, it, it, you know, the addictive nature of it is quite, I don't want to say dangerous, but it, it's it's a, a vicious circle, isn't it? Because initially those PBs come pretty fast. Uh, and then by the time you start getting that kind of oh, uh, almost addictive nature of the PB, mm-hmm. that's when it's also now really hard to hit. Uh, and it's probably also when things like lockdown really mess you up, because if you are someone who's you know you now you're going to spend the next few months trying to chase not a new pb but matching an old pb that you've kind of lost because of six months of you know training on and off and just body weight or whatever other limitations you were you were forced to have but i quite like the idea of of reverse engineering and, and looking at your goal and then you know trying to kind of paint out your perfect life isn't it it's like paint paint your perfect life and uh, no, nobody's ever going to get there or very few people will ever get there um but i had a conversation with my mate the other, the other night we were having a couple of beers and putting the world to right and it was um it, it was really interesting how you like you look at it from a mental health point of view and like you just touched on there you know people in lockdown and they're now stressing out about what how they can get this fix or you know and you see people going out and trying to break 5k pbs when they haven't run in god knows how long and giving themselves shin splints and all this other stuff because they, they're thriving and, and chasing that thing and it's all about perspective right in, in terms of ha- happiness in general and, and happiness with your life and and everything is about perspective if it you know you can get some some people that I would suggest have very unaccomplished lives and haven't really done anything. They, you know, they've just gone through the motions, but have died very, very happy because they've ticked their own boxes. And then you've got people like Steve Jobs, who've done all these amazing things. And because they're constantly thriving to do the next thing and striving to do the next thing, he was notoriously unhappy when he died. And it's like, actually, you've achieved more than most people ever will, you know, a combination of people ever will. So it's about perspective in that regard as well. And, and that's why I came up with that sort of, or think about that reverse engineering thing is what would make me happy? You know, if I was, if I was to, if I was told in five years time to the day that I was going to die, what would, and I knew that that was coming on that day, what do I need to do from now till then to think, yeah, cool. I've, I've ticked the boxes that I want to tick and then work your way back from there. Yeah. A nice morbid way of looking at it. But... Yeah, it's deep. It's, 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 it's dark, but it's like the end of the day, it's going to happen to all of us. So. Well, yeah, I think that the idea of contentment is something that is very 
lost almost at, at the moment because you said there's that's there's almost that drive to i mean even like you know people maybe with good intentions that kind of motivational sort of you know stuff you get especially on social media where it's kind of and it's like oh you know if you've come out of lockdown and you haven't done this and done that and done the other yeah. you know then it wasn't that you never had time it's that you didn't have the mo- you know you didn't have the drive and you think well no maybe it's that um you know i lost a loved one or uh, i'm homeschooling for the first time all my kids and it, like it's not that i suddenly had 6 months to build my empire like there's there's a lot of stuff context. going on but but people see that and it does affect them and mess them up i i think for me with with crossfit and like my, my my approach to it like even when i would would tell friends about it kind of my selling point on it was like oh you know what what's great about it is as opposed to going to your classic gym and walking around for two hours because you're kind of oh i want to use that machine oh that's busy so i'll go and do a bit over here and then oh, i need these weights oh, no, i can't get those and you, you kind of leave after two hours you're not really fulfilled you've sort of oh, i'd be like you go in it's you know you've got the the hour slot you you get in you're taken for a warm-up you do the workout you do your cool down and you're off and like within an hour job done fitness achieved yeah so it's funny to think that then it's like now now i need two hours three hours four hours it's sort of like well the reason i started doing it was because it was great to be able to get it all done in that short period of time yeah Uh, and then one thing i do think that we benefit from from doing crossfit is our ability to listen to your body Uh, and, and i think that is and that that's really tough when you're surround like that's probably the drawback of class environment is yeah the competitive nature potentially potentially if you if you're that way wired yeah it, it's great when like you can push a bit harder and you're like you know what if i'd been at home i'd have phoned that in especially like thrusters you know who's who's trying on a thruster at home but there when everyone's watching me i'm like yeah I better do it because they'll call me out they know i can do that but it's when you're kind of not feeling it and because as you said stresses of the day and then you mm-hmm. come in to stress your body in a different way it's that ability to sort of be able to listen to yourself and go well hold on this yeah. you know do i really want to be able at the end of the day to say yeah i rx that workout job done or do i want to say you know i didn't i scaled it maybe on another week i would have rx'd it but today i scaled it because you know i know tomorrow i've got a big day yesterday was a big day i'm, I'm just kind of keeping it light and breezy yeah, and a lot of it comes down to ego as well. It's like, you know, and, and every everybody's got one. Um, it, it, and it, it varies and it can change from day to day as well. Some people's, you know, can go in there with that mindset that this is what I'm going to do and be, be, be quite like um, sensible about things. And other times they can get coaxed into stuff and then chase their own egos. As, a, as an affiliate owner, I saw it all the time where people would come in and they're like, oh, three times a week. And they're like, this is great. I don't have to think about what I'm doing where I'm going to the gym and I haven't got to download a program. I haven't got to stress out about what machines I came in. Exactly like you said, it's, it's, it's programmed for me. This is the workout. I'm coached. I'm getting looked at. So I know I'm moving properly. I'm not going to hurt myself and all those other good things. And those same people three months later are there every day. And then three months later, again, they're staying afterwards and asking you how to do a handstand push-up because they haven't done one before or they're they you know playing around with a ghd and they haven't used that before or they and you start seeing the things spiraling and then you're like and then they're and again if if that's why they want to train and that's what no problem at all but they're often the ones that have lost track of why they started in the first place and they start they're chasing that and chasing that and chasing that and that's when you notoriously see burnout 
And I guess, yeah, I mean, suppose goals can change. So it might be that's not why you started, but you, you know, you think of someone, I mean, I always think like someone like Tia is a classic example that she kind of just did it to scratch that itch of of doing some some exercise. She got quite involved. She did the open to encourage other people in the gym to do the open and then, you know, qualified for regionals, qualified for the games and realized, oh, actually, I'm really good at this. And then suddenly there's that shift and now that's everything. But rare that you find you've got to remember she also came from a athletic background and so as much as she might say that there's competitiveness in her like that that's inherent in her you know so a a lot of that's there to to potentially sell a um a person i I think she's got a great person actually lovely girl but i'm just saying it's like in terms of it's there to sell a, a um a side to her or a persona because it's that's that's a nice story right yeah it's it's not as it's not as cool to turn around and go every time i went into the gym i was training because i wanted to yeah. beat that girl next and like that's not as adhering is it no no we'd all be turned off by that when we go oh yeah. that's no good that's no yeah. good that's not very nice to you <laughs> what you were that friendly australian we're gonna go and support car instead yeah um who's just as competitive exactly I mean, they, they, all all are. Every, they all every, are everybody that's in that position is competitive as well like every single one of them you don't get there otherwise you can't they're a special breed. They. You're not including yourself in that special breed then. I haven't been there yet. <laughs> oh, I like the yet. That's uh, some positive thinking. So I've, I suppose on that note, on that yet, uh, just to wrap things up, what, what, what are your plans for the next? Uh, I mean, obviously at the moment, planning is almost a futile exercise but yeah, i suppose yeah. you've got you've got a few goals you're working towards have you you've reverse engineered your perfect day so, yeah. so what, are you, what are you working on at the moment the the big things for me obviously like you said in terms of planning for next season is is a nightmare at the moment because nothing's been set yet so once as soon as we know some dates and as soon as we know what's happening where it's happening what the structure of that season looks like then we can start worrying about that um in the meantime I am doing a lot of that reverse engineering stuff. So I'm dedicating chunks of my time to Kratos, the athlete program, and then my own personal development in terms of training, mindset stuff, reading, and all that other other good stuff. At the moment, there's probably a little bit more time going towards the, the two businesses than there is towards the personal development stuff because I'm just floating at the moment. I'm sort of maintaining things until we know what's going to happen. Um, I'm trying to put a lot of structural stuff in place to make sure that I'm in the best place possible that when I do need to start training harder, that my body will be able to tolerate that. So lots of tempo work and boring stuff and strict gymnastics and all that other thing. I see see you knocking out some uh, ring muscle-ups the other day. That's the first ring muscle-up since the start of lockdown. So I wanted to see if I still had them. So it was, um, was, and that's exactly right. That's how it, it shows that I've done a load of strict gymnastics for four or four, well, nearly six months and then jump up on a set of rings and set to 10 with no problem and that's um that shows that there's a carryover in that side of things so mm-hmm. when people are like they go into the gym and they want to they want to learn to do a ring muscle up and they this thing they do is jump up on the rings and try to do a ring muscle up um that's an easy way to get yourself injured but spend six months doing strict pull-ups and then you you might be able to get yourself done, one done yeah. And then just you need to find a friend and make sure that they're holding that lockout in the top while you're doing your next one. Because you've got to get yeah, the, that's it. Yeah, you gotta you get the get... teams practicing. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast, uh, Mike. And if anybody wants to follow all of the uh, many 
different things that you're doing are you know it'll be a lot will be a lot of uh, notes in the description of the episode today so you have links to youtube and podcasts and instagram and websites Every, i don't know everything or, or, everything that you've got just uh <laughs> scroll through all of that find some of that good stuff and uh and definitely check out the podcast because uh mike's able to uh to get a lot of a lot more guests than i can he's got uh he's got, oh, he's it's got the beard. contacts it's definitely it's the, the beard. beard yeah yeah well then in that case we're doomed because i'll tell you what <laughs> it's not happening <laughs> all right well it's been a pleasure mike uh, enjoy the the rest of your day and uh, thank you everyone for listening uh, if you listen to this point i always appreciate that uh, don't forget to uh, check out those links that we mentioned before and we'll see you all next week for another episode of the crossfit bath podcast thanks jason take care